Well, I guess one I haven't talked about yet. His name is William Herman. And this is takes place back in 1980s. And he's a contact D. He's been having these contacts with uh, gray aliens. Actually, Wendell Stevens worked on his case and actually wrote two books on his case. And uh, I have actually some of his pictures William took. I guess his first encounter, he said he was on the railroad tracks and he had his camera on him. He was just happened to take pictures of sceneries and stuff like that. And uh, he notices metallic object in the sky zigzagging towards him. He's like, whoa, that's kind of amazing. So he's trying to catch photographs of this thing. And I have photographs. You see how some of it's blurred and some of them are very clean shots of this thing just kind of going helter-skelter in the sky. He said <laughs> it came so close to him where he like jumped back. Like he, he he jumped. He thought this thing was going to come right at him. Right when it did, this UFO, he tripped over the railroad tracks and he didn't hit the ground. He just noticed there was like a, a light right when he was falling that he he noticed that the ground was right below him and he slowly was rising up into the ship. The last thing he noticed, he was on the table with this um, kind of like glass thing over him and uh, he noticed these gray aliens or whatever. And I guess after a while, he's, these ETs were reassuring him that he was safe. They weren't here to harm him. They were just there to test on him. And enough where he got to like actually walk around in the ship with one of them. And he was explaining, answering questions. And he was like, brought, brought William to one of these screens. He's like, watch this. <laughs> so he sees that they're looking from um, outside the UFO. And this UFO goes up to this car with two people in it. And then these two people jump out of the car and like looking at it with, you know, like, whoa, what the hell is that? And then actually the UFO even got closer to him and it freaked the people out. And then the alien's like, yeah, we kind of like to fuck with people. <laughs> it's kind of like admitted that it's like, he's like, well, you guys are kind of assholes. <laughs> like, just like, just like to fuck around with people. It was really an odd case. The fact that the, he was describing that this ET was kind of showing them they like, they like to mess with people <laughs> and they have their own agendas. So they have their own agenda. That's, that's true. But that does not, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying it, that mm -hmm. that's a whole different uh, angle than whatever I've been yeah. studying. No, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's another, that's just a, a it doesn't line up is what I'm saying. Story. Right. Yeah. How about how about you, Daniel? So you're asking for the most scary thing that I have in mind, right? Just something that uh, doesn't have to scare you, but just kind of gives you goosebumps. One happened to a friend, and it's more like a paranormal story, I would say. And the other one is a guy that got abducted. And he's from the States, but I don't remember where. Because I didn't do anything with the story. Because back then, it was somewhat unbelievable to me. It was mm -hmm. so strange that I didn't believe it, to be honest. Let's start with this one. So long story short, he told me he got he was abducted by aliens and he described them as greys. So they were, yeah, big hats, almond eyes, gray skin, thin, large ones, small ones. When he was abducted from his bed, he woke up in this craft and the, the small ones tried to pull him towards a door he just saw the bright light behind the door and they tried to pull him with a little bit of force they tried to pull him inside the door towards the door but he 
was leaning against and and um, fought a little bit because he didn't want to go in there because he had um he said he had he had pictures in his mind somehow suddenly he saw pictures yeah. he saw pictures of him laying on something like a table silver table and he had pictures in his mind where they were cutting open his legs <laughs> and his arms and his chest <laughs> oh, shit. and um, ripping parts of the skin off in those yeah call it little movies in his head he was uh, alive he was um, conscious when it happened and he saw himself lying there screaming yeah and they wow. cut off fingers parts of the finger and and the, the toes and ears and and that's oh. why he was scared to get inside the door and suddenly he said he was he woke up back in his bed as if it mm. was a dream but he said it really happened <laughs> sounded very strange to me and very scary but back then i didn't believe him my favorite story of all time is bob lazar's and uh just his whole his whole upbringing man you got this weird very weird guy he i mean he's got a pirate flag on top of his house he likes hookers the guy's a brilliant genius that put a, a jet engine on on his honda you know and Man. uh just a weird dude and they put him in the los alamos newspaper and he's at an event one night and the guy from the government is there making a speech and then afterward bob is just kind of wanting to introduce himself and the guy's like who are you and he's like uh i'm actually the guy you're reading about in the in the newspaper there oh you're oh you're okay and then they met and i think at that moment that that guy who wasn't deeply involved in in ufos and stuff and uh reverse engineering uh propulsion systems saw this man saw the brilliance but also saw that he was not normal like easily discredited like he's got the pirate you know he's weird you know he's not the captain of the football team and i think he looked at him and said this is our guy you know <laughs> this is someone that we can use but if we ever need to we can discredit him mm. easily so he got the inner he got the job brought him out day one was like doing paperwork day two is like i'm going to show you where you work and then they bring him to the where the mountain you know covered in rocks and sand opens up and he's got nine saucers in there and this is the one you'll be working on and he's he's not sure about it he looks at it and he he's questioning but then all of a sudden he sees an american flag sticker on the ufo you know, and then all of a sudden his face kind of relaxes a little bit. And he goes, oh, it's us. You know, and he's like, everybody's been talking about these flying saucers. Oh, I feel so stupid. It's us. And then he goes, oh, man. Now, this is the chilling part. He wants to go up and touch it. So he does. <clears throat> he goes, oh, and he puts his hand on and the guy who is his escort says, don't touch it. You know, yelled at him and scared the shit out of him you know and from there that was like okay you know he was reprimanded and then uh when he got another opportunity to actually go inside the craft it was he was very limited with this craft um but uh he got an opportunity to go inside it and he got these people that were saying oh i bet you that must have been awesome and then he's like no it was the opposite of awesome he gets a, it was a very very ominous feeling that you got because you're walking inside something that's it's 
not of this world, you know, it's not made by humans. It's there's, he goes, there wasn't a single edge in this entire craft. It was as though it had been 3d molded from wax. It was all curved, not, and, and there's, there's no bathroom, there's no kitchen, you know, there's, there's not even a windshield, you know, it was just three chairs, the amplifier and the gravity amplifiers below that. And, and that's it. And then he goes, I, I was only able to, to tell one thing about this whole craft and how it worked. And that's a hatch that I found. It looked like a honeycomb and I learned how to open it. That's the only thing I was able to, to learn. But his, his story was very fascinating because he claims to have had majestic clearance and it's, he has his name tag, you know, the name tag we've all seen, it says majestic clearance, Robert Lazar. Nobody really knew what that meant, majestic. But then in history, if you go back to Truman, Truman started this, this whole thing of after, after the crash of Roswell, and he called it, we're going to bring in 12 people commanding 12 different systems, and we're going to call it the Majestic 12. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you get propulsion, you get brakes, you get protection, you get this, and nobody nobody gets to talk to each other it's completely compartmentalized mm -hmm. which is bob was always saying i hate that they do this because they could get a lot more done if they actually gave us the elements of every other thing but when truman was in there he had a lot to worry about because of red scare and russians and he's like man we got to keep this secret even from ourselves." but when it came time for fdr fdr was the type of guy where he was like well, you guys put me on a need to know basis. Otherwise I'll put it in your hands, you know, but when uh, Truman created the majestic 12, it think connect the dots, you know, Bob, Robert Lazar had majestic clearance, majestic 12, you know, it's a connect the dots sort of thing. And it, and it really lines up. And, uh, but after that, um, somewhere along the line after FDR, it, uh, there's a book about it, like about Roswell and, the case of Roswell, apparently it just came down to two guys that only had the know-how, only two guys. And one, the one guy said to his other guy, and he goes, no one's home, Phil. The guy's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, it's just you and me, bud. No one's home. <laughs> because no one else knew about it. It was, it was gone. It, it like, just like that. It was like the Templar treasure, you know, it's, and to, it's, there was only like uh, a few um, corporations in that time and one of them still exists today and that's L Lockheed Martin and I think it's I think it's run by private industry man and Lockheed Martin is definitely a, a huge suspect as well as Skunk Works EE&G or EG&G and uh, then there's a new one the brand new one it's only a couple years old and Reynolds Technologies or something like that, but they are now mm. again studying this the same stuff, and no one's allowed in. No one can talk about it. Yeah. Um, it's completely, completely secret, above top secret. Yeah, interesting. I heard about this one. Yeah, that's very interesting. But uh, the chilling part of my story, the my favorite part, is when Bob was reprimanded and you know, don't touch it. You know, and at and that that point, he was like, what? What am I dealing with here? Yeah. 